Hello and welcome to this week's Why Football podcast with me, Echizadoku, and Michael Dryden. Today, I'm very pleased to say we're joined by Connor Brown. Connor is host of Cobham's Finest, a podcast dedicated to this season's big spenders, Chelsea. He is joining us for this special episode, reviewing Chelsea's landmark transfer window with the Blues have added the likes of Havertz, Ziyech, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, Werner to their ranks, amongst a few others. So, Connor, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Um, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. No worries. No worries. So, have you been keeping up to date with the deadline day for Chelsea so far? It's been pretty quiet, actually. A lot of like stories, but nothing too too concrete. Yeah, um, I have been keeping up to date. I was a bit surprised that neither Alonso or Emerson will be leaving. Well, it doesn't look like they're leaving anyway, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, I heard about the Alonso, was it against, was it West Brom, where he kicked off at halftime? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and as a result, you know, him and Lampard are apparently, you know, their relationship's broken down a little bit. So yeah, you are right on that one. Um, do you reckon he's got, he's got a future still or... Since Chelsea signed Chilwell, I don't think either Alonso or Emerson's had a future. Yeah. I don't think they're two backs Chelsea want at all, even as cover. Um, what about um, Antonio Rudiger's had an interesting one? Um, he, you know, he's another one who's kind of fallen south a little bit, linked to Tottenham uh, in particular over the last few days. Are you, are you happy with him staying? Not really, to be honest. I think most Chelsea fans would say Rudiger is the worst defender we have. <laughs> and it's actually quite funny because um, I did an episode with Christian Falk yeah. and he said that the re- relationship with Rudiger and Chelsea is not good at the moment. Okay. And he's just been frozen out and they were just trying to sell him to anywhere, really. And PSG, Tottenham, there was like the, the lead runners. So it's kind of surprising to see him still stay. But I suppose the times we're in, it makes sense because, I don't know, Rudiger's like a 30 to 40 million mm-hmm. player. So not everyone can afford that right now. Yes, yes. So, Suddenly, Chelsea have acquired quite a lot of centre-halves. I mean, Christensen and Tamori coming through the academy over the years. Um, Ampadu's went out on loan, obviously, to Sheffield United. Um, but they've got quite the collection now. I and mean, we've got Dave Aspilicueta slipping in there as well. There is quite a few options on the table. I saw quite a lot of Spurs fans, though. And I just think I'm I'm too soft, but quite a lot of Spurs fans just like kicking off about Rudiger potentially coming. I've seen like so many memes today in like, videos. <laughs> and... He can't be that bad, but obviously, Connor, you see him a lot more than I do, and um, it's such a key part of the position uh, of the of the team. Um, so, moving on to the incomings, Connor, this season, it's a two part question. One, who excites you the most, and two, who do you think will be the most important? I think there's a difference there. No, yeah, there's definitely a difference there, but I've got the same player for both. Sakitiak <laughs> <laughs> um, is the guy who excites me the most, and I think he's going to do the best. I remember last year around this time I was saying Chelsea should get this guy because he's a great player and there was a lot of discussion in the Chelsea fan base saying we should get Sancho Sancho's the guy we need and I was like no CH fits us better because we struggle against low blocks Mm. and CH gives you no he's very unique for a winger kind of like a Bernardo Silva like he's not a traditional winger like he's not got mad pace he's not going to go all the way down to the byline and whipping across but he will cut in, he will drift central and he'll just deliver some fantastic balls into the box, cutting on the left foot. So I think in that aspect for us, Chelsea really struggling to, I don't know, cut down teams that set up shop against us. I think CX is going to be very important because we liked that last season. 
Antti excites me so much because, I don't know, I, I'm a bit of a fanboy for him. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're trying to say is, is that Lampard, Petacek, uh, Marina all basically saw your tweets hyping up Ziyech and they decided, you know what, Connor knows what he's talking about. Let's bring him in. <laughs> yeah, no, basically, yeah. Frank gave me a call. I saw that video, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, he's, he was kind of seen as the more like, um, well, he was a player whose release clause was around things like 20, 25 million euros. And uh, there's a lot of talk about why he, no one had picked him up after that, that Ajax season where they broke through to the Champions League semifinals. Um, and obviously you had um, Frankie Tiong went to Barca, you had Dalit go to Juve, In Zayac was still there, was still around the next season. There was some talk about his discipline record, either basically on and off the pitch, and whether or not he can basically fit into a system in terms of his work off the ball, for example, and things like that. But what you say about the low block and how he might be able to unlock that is certainly poignant. He reminds me of someone like, and I love this guy, the Mercurial, I have to say, Ricardo Quaresma because he's so gifted technically um, but didn't always mm-hmm. isn't always the most consistent and that's kind of the reminder I get when I when I think about Zayic but I've not seen him in a Chelsea shirt yet which is disappointing No I, I totally agree with you to be honest um, but I think a lot of people don't understand as well that Sirk didn't leave because he wanted the right club too Yeah So yes like there wasn't massive attention around him like De Jong or De Ligt but you got to bear in mind these guys are a lot younger they're very up and coming Sirk is 27. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe clubs didn't want to take the risk. But it was also about Sirk wanting the right club because there was interest from like Sevilla and there's another club I can't remember the top of my head and he turned them both down. I think there was even interest at Arsenal at one point. So, it was he wanted a club that wants to play good football and fits him and he believes that's Chelsea and Chelsea believes that he's a good fit for us. So. Yeah, Connor. Um, just to to warn you, I'm an Arsenal fan, so you, you're trying to suggest there that Arsenal Arsenal <laughs> don't play good football. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those. I think <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, I was personally, I felt personally attacked. But um, no, you made a, you made a really good point. I think um, looking at the other signings that Chelsea have made, especially apart from Thiago Silva uh, and Edward Mendy, but there are quite a young core there in terms of Havertz, Werner, Chilwell, uh, even Malang Sarr. Who, who might be going out on loan. So I think he does kind of blend in with that uh, quite well. Talking about Edouard Mendy, what are your thoughts on um, him coming in? Uh, I think obviously Chelsea's goalkeeping issues have been well documented. Um, you know, he may not be as exciting as Ziyech or Havertz or even Thiago Silva, but surely he must be quite exciting as a significant upgrade on Kepa. No, for sure. I think many rivals probably... Don't really see it as a big sign, but it's a massive sign for Chelsea. And we struggle from set pieces, I think. We conceded the third least, well, third most, sorry, set piece goals last season. Mm. And to have someone who's six foot seven and very commanding, who will come out and collect crosses, who will punch crosses, that's very important for us because Kepler's just not that guy. He's not very, and he gets bullied too easy, Kepler, way too easily. Like, if you see from corners and Kepler's in there, defenders always surround him because they know he's the weak point in that box. With Mendy, you're not going to get that. And for the first two games he's played for Chelsea, he's been very good. And it's nice to see a goalkeeper come and catch a cross for a change. So, yeah, he's a great signer for Chelsea. <laughs> so, well, if I was to answer the question that I posed to you, of who excites me the most and who's the most important, the excitement-wise would be a player like Zayas, you'd play like Havertz or Werner. But in terms of importance, I would have to say that getting the goalkeeping um, position right is the most important for Chelsea at this moment in time. 
Um, I can't profess to know loads about Eduard Mendy. He got a clean sheet against Palace. He didn't have a shot on target though. <laughs> so, but there's more to obviously being a goalkeeper, as you said, commanding your area, commanding your defence, organising your defence. Um, so for me, it would certainly be that position where I think Chelsea, if they have got it right, could actually really transform their season. No, I totally agree. And a massive benefit that not many people realise is obviously Mendy, he speaks French. Um, so does Thiago Silva. So does Azpilicueta. Mm. Um, and obviously Thiago Silva's someone who's very commanding. He likes to take leadership at the back, but he's not very good at English right now. So to have players around him in the back who all speak French, it's a massive plus for Chelsea also because that means they can all communicate. So I think that's a little point that's gone under the radar. Yeah, that's a really good point that you make actually, um, that the whole French connection and communication is quite key. I'm aware that um, putting my Arsenal hat back on, we have Gabriel at the moment who, before he played with uh, David Luiz, had no one around him that spoke the same language as him. Uh, no one spoke French in that defence and no one also spoke uh, Portuguese. So I think that, that is quite key. But um, So you discussed uh, Ziyech, who you're a massive fan of, Edward Mendy being very key. You know, Thiago Silva's experience is also quite key as well. The one I kind of want to hone in on, because I see Chelsea fans defend him like, He's that he's their child is, is Kai Havertz. So obviously he has the biggest reputation of all the signings. I think he's absolutely quality. You know, he hasn't he had the hat trick in the Carabao against Barnsley. Um but what are your thoughts on him? He's coming for the biggest fee. I think he's the youngest out of all of the players, but probably I would say maybe the highest potential out of all of them. So what are your thoughts on him? Um I think he's the most talented player in the Premier League, to be honest. I think he in a few years' time he will be the best player in the Premier League. Mesut Ozil is still contracted to Arsenal. You do know that, don't you, Connor? I wouldn't have set edges any further. Kai Havertz is, is a real special player. There's a reason why everybody who's watched him like vividly in the Bundesliga say he's generational. Like I've spoken to many people, like Ronan Murphy, he's one of the best Bundesliga journalists out there, and he calls him generational. He, he's so special. He can do everything. He can pick out a pass. He can score goals. His movement's fantastic. And we've even seen in the Premier League, he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. Mm. So I, th- I think he's such a good player. And he might have not like set the Premier League alight so far, but his last two performances against West Brom and Crystal Palace in the number 10 position, he's been very good. Absolutely really grown into this team. And there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be one of the best players in the Premier League very soon. Mm, if not the world. Yeah, th- th- he got ridiculed on Twitter after the um, the opening fixture against Brighton um, for that f- that ghost pass that went out. But you've got to remember as well, I mean, not yeah. only is he young, not only is Werner to an extent, Chilwell, all young players, they're also fitting in at the same time. They're coming into the team at the same time. I mean, Chelsea hit, went out, ran out resounding winners against Palace. If you think about that left-hand side, you had Werner playing left wing as just signed, you had Chilwell playing left wing back. And then if you have Havertz in there as well, who say if he drifts to the balls on the left-hand side and he drifts across, you've suddenly got three players playing on that side that one time um, whilst <laughs> the ball's in play who have never played together. So I think yeah. I think from that perspective, if you had someone like Werner who went, say he went to Liverpool, as was reported at the time, likely to happen um, before he's moved to Chelsea, if he'd slotted into a Liverpool team, because their, their system and their team is um, a lot more progressed than what Lampard's is right now because they've just signed loads of players, he might have came in and banged four or five goals. Maybe it's a bad time to say that the day after the um, <laughs> 7-2 <defeat laughs> But when you've got an entire team that's trying to gel and to fit into this system that Lampard wants to play, then you've got to expect some of these, especially the younger players, to um, take a bit of time. No, I totally agree with you. And something people don't realise is that game before 
Brighton, our first game, Havertz was only in the squad for two days. Mm. So <laughs> how could you expect him to do anything? Like he would barely know anyone at the team besides Timo Werner. So that thing's on Twitter. Though, that, that never comes in context, does it? <laughs> no. So it's just about... Absolutely oh, yeah, nothing happens in context on Twitter. <laughs> for sure. So um, so kind of moving on a little bit, um, we've discussed, you know, all of these signings that Chelsea have made, how they strengthen the team, um, which is obviously very evident. But is any area do you think Chelsea kind of need to strengthen? I kind of have an idea of who you might say, what area you might say, but um, I just wanted to ask your opinion on that. A lot of Chelsea fans would say DM. Okay. Because they don't feel like Jorginho fits what Lampard's trying to do. And Kante playing as a holding midfielder on his own, that's just not his position. He's best in the pivot, next playing next to the holding midfielder. And a lot of Chelsea fans wanted Rice. Me, not so much. Mm. But if anywhere, that's where I'd say most people would want Chelsea to improve. Yeah, I could, I could, sen- I could sense you angling to say, uh, you know, I'm not Team Rice. Uh, what, why do you know? Why don't you think he would he'd necessarily fit in for Chelsea as well as some of your other fans think? I just don't think Rice is good enough on the ball to play on the front foot. I think it's very easy to look good in a side like West Ham when you're playing very deep majority of the time, just sitting in front of a back four that's on the edge of your box. Mm-hmm. I think most DMs who are half decent will have good games. I just don't think technically he's good enough. I don't think he can cover enough ground because if you've seen Chelsea in transition, at times it's a nightmare. <laughs> and Kante, who I'd say is a lot quicker than Declan Rice is, he struggles. So I, I can't see Declan Rice having that mobility on the pitch. If anything, I don't know. If Chelsea was really going to go serious for that position, I'd say someone like an Ndidi would be more suited. Wilfred Ndidi, big fan of him. He's actually, I think he's currently injured at the moment. But um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of uh, Wilfred and what he what he kind of brings to the game. What about, um, so obviously we discussed defensive mids. What about uh, the right-back area? I know you've got uh, Aspilicueta and Reese James. Um, is is that, what are your thoughts? I know he's been called up to the England squad today. What are your thoughts on Reese James generally? But when I've seen him, he's been quite good. And I know Aspilicueta is uh, probably slightly past his prime, but his experience is really valuable. But would that not be an area of concern for you or not particularly? Oh, no way. No way. Um, right back, Reese James is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's still learning, but he he's great. Honestly, great. I think he's already top five right backs in the league. And as for the quitter, he might be past it, but he's better than the majority of right backs in the Premier League anyway. He's not so unknown going forward, but he got over 10 goal contributions last season at right back for Chelsea. And against Crystal Palace, he was fantastic again. There's a reason why we call him Mr. Consistent, I guess. <laughs> but right back for me, nah, I think we're sorted for years. Mm. Well, saying that, I did bring Reese James to my fantasy team. He didn't play, so that was uh, that was a great piece of business from me. As you've heard, Dave Aspilicueta, he um, has actually consistently scored very highly on fantasy. And as you said, because of his contributions in terms of goals, he does often take the deep set pieces, um, them curlers into the box. And when Giroud was there in particular, or Giroud is still there, but when Giroud was playing, that would have been a lot more evident. Um, so, so moving on, um, this might be more of a, of a speculation from us, this next question. But we've touched on, or Eche's touched on, Marina Granovskia, director of football um, at Chelsea. Now, when Conte was at Chelsea, I read that there were um, clashes between Granovskia and, and Conte um, relating to transfer business, targets that didn't come in, targets that um, weren't particularly pursued. Obviously, that's been flipped on its head now with Lampard and that every target seems to have came in. So 
my kind of question to you, I mean, it might just be speculation here, but do you think these are specifically Lampard's targets that he wanted to bring in? It's like the likes of Chilwell, the likes of Werner Havertz. Um, or are Chelsea taking advantage of their renewed ability to spend and the reduced prices in COVID? It's quite a long-winded question, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's a good question, to be honest. I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Havertz is definitely because of the situation the world's in now. If, I don't know, the world was normal and the window wasn't like it was this summer, I think Kai would have ended up at Real Madrid, to be honest with you. Mm. And I think a lot of German journalists would agree with me on that one. But players like Ben Chilwell, that's definitely a Lampard target. Like we had options of Tagliafico, Alex Telles, yeah. even someone like Dignier, but we wanted Chilwell. We paid 50 million for Chilwell and we could have got so many other players for cheaper. But I think when you think of someone like Conte, the targets he wanted, they were like, Lorente can Draver, so they're, they're fairly old players, and with Lampard they're quite young, and they they players with resale value, and that's Chelsea. Yeah, Marina loves yeah. players who have resale value, yeah. so I think Lampard definitely had a part to play in the transfers, and they just fit Chelsea if, if that makes sense. Like they they fit Chelsea's model. So let's say I don't know, Chilwell doesn't work out in two or three years' time, we can resell him at a decent price. Yeah, as with Conte someone like Asapo Costa, for instance, who was still struggling to get rid of who he wanted. So I think that's why Lampard's being backed more than someone like Conte did. Yeah, Morata's went for 50 million. That was one of the notes I put down, actually, um, before board <laughs> was how on earth did Chelsea get such high fees? But as you said, it's because the, the profile of the player they're signing is typically someone who can then be resold and that risk, if they don't do so well, is a lot lower. And Chilwell, we rightly say, was linked well before covered, if I'm, if I'm correct. Pretty sure he was. Um, last summer as well, yeah. um, because the, the left back position for Chelsea has been a bit untenable for a while. Um, Marcus Alonso has got a wonderful left foot from set pieces, but technically he's seemed a bit limited. I often thought, found that when he had the ball, it was the pace of the game was slowing down for Chelsea going forwards, as opposed to with Chilwell, who was lightning and very confident on the ball to uh, progress the moves a lot quicker. No, I'd agree. And you've got to think of someone like Alonso with Lampard, he pushes his fullbacks all the way up. And in the back four, Alonso just does not have the pace. I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> he just does not have the pace to get back. And his mentality is awful as well. There was a, um, when we played West Ham last season, when they was counting on us, going down the left, and Alonso was just jogging back. And and there, I think most Chelsea fans just said, we want this guy gone. With um, the, the, the Alonso pace thing, uh, Connor, I know, I know you've seen it. There's a clip where, I don't know who it is for West Brom, He's he's basically picked it up from midfield and knocked it round Alonso. It has about maybe a three or four yard head start. And then he's just absolutely burnt him for pace. I haven't seen a fullback being for pace that badly for a, for a long, long time. So I think <laughs> highlight for in terms of highlighting the improvement with Ben Chiu, I think it's it's massive. He had a really good debut against Palace. I thought he was quite dangerous. Obviously got a goal. And an assist, I believe, as well. Yeah. So he, he played yeah. quite well. So it's definitely an upgrade. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Chelsea even do because they've got is it three left backs now with Emerson as well. So um, yeah. it'd be quite an interesting one. Uh, so kind of uh, moving on a little bit um, more toward more towards the outgoings, which you've touched on as well a bit earlier. Um, were there any players you were surprised to see go, or were there any pl- players, sorry, you've uh, been happy to see stay? So Hudson-Odoi, is that a win or is that a loss keeping at the club? I think Hudson-Odoi is a win. 
Um, with William and Pedro gone, we signed Siak and Pulisic's injured quite frequently. So having Cho stay is, is very good for us because we need depth. Because we don't want to see Mason Mount on the wing again, please, oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a good experience, honestly. It's not great. Um, I was surprised about Ross Barkley going out online. I was very surprised. And now seeing today that it's very likely Loftus-Cheek's going to be going online too. That's very, that's very surprising because we're going to struggle for depth there now. I thought Chelsea would at least kept one of those. So when I saw Barkley win, I was like, okay, Loftus-Cheek's going to stay this season, but he's going online now by the looks of it too. So that's very surprised me, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that being quite surprising. So, uh, obviously, you 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 need depth in the wing. Uh, how do you think Chelsea would cope losing uh, one of the best wingers, if not the best winger in the Premier League? Um, by that I mean William. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you start that question, I knew where that was going. I knew where that was going. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Pulisic. I was like, what have you been smoking, mate? <laughs> but to be fair, Pulisic had an absolutely um, exceptional uh, restart yeah. uh, last season. So it's a, it's a shame not to see him in the fold. But it was, I thought it was interesting against Brighton as well that um, not only did Lampard start with Havertz, I didn't expect him to do because, as you said, he, played, he was there for like two days before. But then he also played with Mount and Loftus-Cheek. I thought we would see, um, we'd see Mount kind of in where Havertz would be. And then we'd have players around him. Um, perhaps that's because Hudson Doyle was injured and um, Pulisic is injured. Um, Williams obviously left. Perhaps it's just personnel, but I was very surprised to see that lineup. No, yeah. So the Cho thing was really, I don't know, seeing Cho not start a game where we have no natural wingers on. It doesn't make sense, but Cho was fully fit. It was just him and Lampard wasn't on the best of terms at that moment because Cho's work effort in, in training. Yeah, so he just wasn't working hard enough in training and his attitude was a bit bad in training too. That's hence why he wasn't starting. Nothing to do with injury. Mm. So And seeing Havertz play right wing and then at half the game he was at right wing back for some reason, that really didn't make sense. Mm. Really didn't make sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I kind of have one more question as well, which is one of Chelsea's uh, forgotten men. Um, I, I doubt you're surprised to see him go and I doubt you're happy... If he did stay, I don't think he is. But um, what are your thoughts on Bakayoko? Remember years ago, I watched City versus Monaco. And I think it's the one where they lost on away goals. Bakayoko got the winner, actually. He got the header and he sent City out. And I thought he was fantastic over the two legs. Uh, Fast forward six or so months, he signs for Chelsea and has been, I think, disappointing as an understatement. Um, He signed for Napoli on loan. What are your thoughts on him at all? Just happy to see him out, or yeah, just happy to see him gone again. To be honest, be- he was a horrible signing. It just didn't work out, and I think when you think of Bakayoko at Chelsea, you think of that Watford game where <laughs> that first half he was just absolutely awful, was just giving the ball away, and then he tops it off with getting a red card. <laughs> that just that memory will always stick in Chelsea fans' minds. It's a shame it couldn't work out because that prior to Chelsea at Monaco, he was very good. But the Premier League just isn't for everyone, sadly. Mm, very true, very true. Before we move on, I've got one more player that I want to quiz you with, before, unless Eches has got another handful, because he's had quite a lot. But Lewis Baker, right? Lewis Baker, when he first came through, was all over <laughs> social media, and, and for the right reasons as well, um, the right reasons being that he can take penalties and free kicks with, and corners with both feet, which I've got a lot of time for. He was under 21, mm. England under 21 captain, I believe, um, which is often, yeah. um, as Lee Catmull found, um, 
can also can often be <laughs> more detrimental <laughs> than a than a benefit. But what are your thoughts on Lewis Bicker? Has he got a future at Chelsea? No. No. Um, Lewis Baker, I don't know. If you was asking me this question years back, I'd say yeah. But he's had some loan spells, hasn't really been too impressive. He's played a few preseason games, not this year, obviously, but prior. He hasn't looked that impressive. And I just think you get like a Charlie Masonda vibe with him. Mm. Like a player who had so much, but just for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I, I don't see him having much of a future at Chelsea, sadly. So yeah, kind of to a discussion on, you know, we discussed Chelsea's transfers, the incomings and outgoings, uh, the players that don't have a future. I think we all knew where the Lewis Baker question was going. Mm. But um, I think <laughs> kind of what what is what is prediction for Chelsea this season? You know, kind of last year was all about surviving the transfer ban, you know, youth, 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 you know, top four was a very, very good result. But now, you know, the stakes are a lot higher. You signed some fantastic talent, um, got rid of a few older players, reshaped the squad slightly. So um, what's your prediction for where Chelsea will finish? And what do you think is acceptable for um, Abramovich? Because that could be two different questions right there. Yeah, so with Chelsea right now, there's like this model of a three-year plan. Mm-hmm. And we're currently in year two of that. So this season, I want us to be third best comfortable, the best team in the country this year, behind Liverpool and Man City. Even though they haven't been so impressive of late, mm. they're still two fantastic sides. So I don't want us, I don't know, competing for top four like we did last season, where we just barely got it. I want to be a lot better than Manchester United. I want Chelsea to be a lot better than Tottenham. I want Chelsea to be a lot better than Arsenal. Because we have, better, we have, we have the better squad and we have the better players. So there's no reason why we can't. I'm not expecting a title challenge this year. Next year, for sure, but not this year. And like in Champions League or FA Cup, I want a good cup run. That I don't want to get knocked out early in the FA Cup and then in the group stage of the Champions League. I'd rather, I don't know, a quarterfinal. And maybe win an FA Cup because, you know, Arsenal kind of robbed it of us last season. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got, you, know, you know what? It's got a fair point. I thought FA Cup final, that's drifting from the point. I thought uh, Pulisic was the best player on the pitch by quite, quite a long way. Um, no, little... it was it was it sucks when he got injured because yeah. I said if that was a Bamiyang for Arsenal, Chelsea win the game. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. He was really, really dangerous. Uh, Kovacic also played quite well and got sent off. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting you think that. Do you reckon um, if you were to come, let's say fifth, does that mean Lampard's gone? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The stakes are that high. Yeah, I don't think Roman will accept that. There's no way we cannot get Champions League football with this team. Even the most loudest Lampard in fans and Lampard supporters, I can't see anyone accepting fifth place from Chelsea this season. No way. I don't think there's... To be honest, if, I think we have a better squad than Liverpool. If you talk about just overall, obviously they're a more complete team than us. They found their system. They found the way they play. But in terms of squad, we've got one of the best in the country. So coming fifth is just not an option, I feel. Yeah, depth-wise, um, Liverpool's first eleven is one of the best in the world. But depth-wise, as we as we've seen, perhaps we saw yesterday um, with the Villa game, um, Diego Jota's obviously new signs came in, but it's hardly on the of the caliber of the the person he's replaced. Mane, neither is the likes of Shakiri, um, Harvey Elliott. These players, Minamino, um, Origi, are not on the caliber or anywhere near the caliber of the players they're replacing with. At Chelsea, you've actually got like for like, even though the first eleven's not as as up, as up there kind of as Liverpool they've got that like for like replacement which hopefully should fare well 
um, for Chelsea overall this season. And just quickly, as you mentioned the FA Cup, um, you know that guy in the pub um, that shushed you when Chelsea scored? Yes. Uh, it turns out that was Connor. yeah the the backstory of that is yeah so you took the lead obviously and and deservedly so um and then we scored that really good goal pepe which was actually offside um i was obviously celebrating my top was nearly off but uh this chelsea (laughs) fan turned around and uh shushed me um which which bear in mind i didn't know who the guy was yeah there's a bit of bad blood there um, so thanks for bringing that back into light, Dryden. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, no dramas. No dramas. <laughs> I think that's all from us, Connor. Thanks for, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, hope everything goes okay with the podcast going forward. Uh, Cobham's Finest. Everyone should check that out. All things Chelsea. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm always down to come and talk Chelsea with anyone. I just love <laughs> the sound of my voice. So. Cheers, everyone. And we'll see you next time.